I've got some bad news for you. If you draft the players I'm going to talk about in this show, well, you're going to lose your league. Simple as that. It's busts for Yahoo Fantasy Basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right. So of course, what I said at the start was nonsense. It's not how fantasy works, it's not how fantasy drafts work, not how any of this stuff works, but you love a bus list, don't you? Yeah, you do. You love it. You love a bus list. I don't mind doing it, to be honest. Um, and we're going to talk about guys that I just think at the moment are just a smidge overvalued, maybe guys that I wouldn't consider taking at that spot. Doesn't rule out that they can't return decent enough value, but they're just the guys that I think are probably pushed into the wrong spot. Now, I limited it to players who were positioned with an ADP or a rank on Yahoo under 120. As a general rule, we default towards standard leagues because that's what the most people play. And my new policy is once you head outside of round 10, do whatever you want. Take the upside swing. Don't take old mate the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. So if someone's got an ADP or a rank of 134, and I think they're the 180th best player, I'm not going to kill you for taking them. I'm probably going to kill you for taking Barnes there, but I'm not going. To, it doesn't matter in those last picks. You're hunting. You're not trying to get value. So what we're looking at, guys, inside the top 120, inside the first 10 rounds, and those of you who play points leagues, there are points leagues, busts, and sleeper shows coming. They will probably come next week, is my guess. We try to keep things balanced in terms of how the audience is, but the audience is 70% categories versus 30% points. So we do category ones first. We come back, we do points ones in the middle, and then we do an updated category ones later. That's usually how it goes. But most shows will have sprinklings of flavor for all formats. So we're talking busts on Yahoo. Be on the lookout for an ESPN one later on, uh, probably tomorrow, as well as the ongoing team preview series that is going out there. So, in saying all of that, Shane Warne. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right, let's talk about guys that I really do not like at their current position. I'm using a basis of minus one head-to-head rankings, a little bit of Roto in there, talking about some of my Durant numbers as well, just to say I don't think there's going to be value in this. And always remember this. Always remember. Numbers will get thrown around everywhere. I'm throwing them around. There's a lot of them up on the screen already. A lot of numbers. You'll always see a lot of numbers in fantasy, but always remember what they mean. When someone says this guy was ranked this, and this guy was ranked this in totals, and this in nine cat, and this in eight cat, or whatever it is, understand what those numbers mean. A, they're formulated off the basis of Z scores, which have some flaws in them. They're formulated on the base of season-long roto numbers, not taking the vagaries of head-to-head variance or punting into it. So when you talk about that, and again, and of course, totals versus per game, very different story. 
So I could tell you one player and give you seven different ranking numbers for him. I could say he was ninth in nine cat totals and he was 48th in eight cat per game. And he's actually 70th in Durant per game. Um, I could throw you a million different things out to you. So discerning what those numbers mean, how you use them, what you value the most, you might be a Roto player who plays nine cat only and intensely values durability because you believe that that player will always be durable. Look at those numbers. You might be someone who's like, it's head to head, man. I just got to win the week. Guys can get hurt. Guys might not get hurt. They might get hurt for 30 games and play amazingly down in the fantasy playoffs. What do I care if they miss those games? I got by through streaming. Be careful the numbers you look at. But my argument's always going to be, if you think Dylan Wright's 40 spots better than Giannis Antetokounmpo, then that's cool. You can use uh, nine catch straight rankings as your basis of evaluation of players. But you've got to believe that. You have to believe that. Otherwise, what are we doing? Oh, I know. I'm being a smart ass. Let's talk about some uh, busts. I do think that the Filipino legend Jalen Green is going to have an improved season. Would I be willing to take him at rank 74? No. He's got an ADP of 78. Now, the, the problem that we run into here again, understanding numbers, and that's that's not half, but it's part of the issue in fantasy or determining how you're a fantasy player or how good you are or how good you can be. Is why is he ranked 74th on Yahoo? Well, their rankings are non-specific between categories and points leagues. They apply equally across any format. And in a points league, taking Jalen Green at 74 or 75, 78, 80, 67, totally reasonable. Unbelievably reasonable. He might drop 24 a game this season. But for a category league, no matter how you slice it, 9-cat, 8-cat, per game, totals... Um, Durant, minus one, whatever. He's just not worth that pick, which is basically the end of round six, start of round seven. He's not worth that pick. Once you hit round nine, I've got no problem with it because getting a 20-point score is pretty easy, even if he might rank 130th or your metrics is 160th or 110th or whatever it is. You know, we always have to take scarcity and all that sort of stuff into consideration. You know, I think J- Jalen comes out really poorly on Durant, like 134th. That, that's, that's quite poor. Minus one has him in a similar spot. But I'm not saying he's, you take him there. But I'm definitely not going at 74 for Jalen Green. And that brings us to Jaden McDaniels, who has an argument as the NBA's premier perimeter defender. Or, let's phrase it, the, the premier hybrid defender using an NBA 2K terminology. Because he can go and guard big and protect the rim. And he can shuck blokes down on the outside. Now, him and Ananobi would have that argument. I would say Jaden's a better interior defender and not far off OG on the perimeter. But does that actually matter when we're talking fantasy numbers here? And the answer is not that much. He's ranked at 101 on Yahoo with an ADP of 116. I just just don't have any interest in that. What does Jaden McDaniels do from a fantasy point of view, that would necessitate me getting him in round nine. Why would I have any interest in that? If we look at what Jaden did last season, and that's not the be-all and end-all of everything, but he averaged 12 points in 31 minutes. Why did he play 31 minutes? Couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Maybe that changes. He averaged 12 points, one and a half threes, under four rebounds, and now he's going to have more Carl Anthony Towns next to him, under two assists, under a steal, and just a block with 52 and 74 shooting. No, okay numbers. 
But the path for production for Jaden this season is actually harder because Towns most likely won't play 29 games. You'll have Conley and Edwards and Gobert and Towns. Kyle Anderson will be coming off the bench, but he's not going to have as many opportunities as he had last season, I wouldn't have thought. And again, take him at pick 130. It's fine. Who cares? 101? Absolutely no interest at all. He wasn't, if you even want to go strictly ranked numbers, he wasn't anywhere close to that last season. Not remotely close. This one is going to be controversial. I know. I know it is. It's Bosa. It's Big Bosa. 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 Thanks, Perk. It is. He's ranked at 36, an ADP of 35. And you will be able to tell me that Vooch was a top 10 player by totals in NICAT rankings last season. And you are 100% correct. But I also don't care. Because A, I don't think he's playing 82 games again. B, he was able to maintain his same numbers from the year before by bumping his true shooting by six percentage points, which was a complete outlier of anything he's done in his career. He still is the third usage option on that team. And even if he has any sort of drop in his efficiency numbers, and he might even have a drop in usage if Patrick Williams does more, that's still a huge if, I just don't see it. I'm not a Vooch hater in the slightest. Not at all. I don't go in and go, hate this guy. Whoa, whoa, almost dropped it. Hate this bloke. Not going to um, gonna rank him high. Hate him. I go in, I put all the numbers in, balance them on the team, and he comes out with like 16 and a half, 10 and a half rebounds, 0.6 blocks, a little bit of a dip in percentages. He's 34. Maybe those minutes stay low. And that puts him in like the 60s, 50s. I just, I'm not doing it in round three. He's not that good. He's the third option. He's getting worse. That's what happens when you're 33, 34. I think that's how old he is. And last season, he was only able to maintain because he took a six percentage point jump in true shooting. And if that goes back to what he's done at all points in his career, well, you, you, you're getting close to like disaster zone. I could be very wrong on this. I could be very wrong. Maybe he goes out, plays all 82, does 17 and 11 again, somehow gets a block a game, maintains or improves true shooting. All of that could happen. I just know that I'm not putting faith in it at that spot. If he was at 50, sure. I'm not going to argue that one. That's totally reasonable. 36 with an ADP at 35, absolutely not a single chance in the world. Not even remotely interested in that. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet because the NFL, action, NFL season sorry, has snapped into action. And on FanDuel, it is America's number one sportsbook. So that's why they've got these great offers. They give you $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose that first $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. In fact, there's never been a better time to join FanDuel. Because you can go in there and you can have a look at Tua Tagovailoa's MVP odds and see that I believe he's the favorite. Joe Burrow's struggling. Um, uh, who else is uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't been sitting the world on fire. Justin Herbert's not doing his thing. Yeah, Tua's up there. And he's the GOAT. So, of course, that makes sense. But you can use those bonus bets on Tua, MVP bets, spreads, money lines, over-unders, totals, whatever it is you want. Fangio.com slash locked on is where you go. And that's how you get to kick off the NBA. Well, soon. We'll tip off the NBA season. We'll kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. 
This is how you know that I, when I do these bus lists, it's not because I hate a player. Maximum Derek. Yeah, it's all just about relative value, isn't it? Because I just don't think that Derek White ranked at 63 makes a lot of sense. Oh, but he's their starting point guard now, Josh. That is 100% correct. He was their starting shooting guard last season. He started 70 out of 82 games. And much like Vooch, he got a bump in the Yahoo ranking metrics because he played every game. A bloke that I was berated about for liking Derek White. He can't ever stay healthy, Josh. He's always injured. And now he plays 82 games. That's so, why oh, he's actually durable. He's not. He's neither of those things. Bad luck, good luck. And the other thing is, is that, yes, he will be the starting point guard. That does improve assist opportunities. Brown's a shit passer. Tatum's all right. The front court's not good at it. He's going to get more assists there. But the removal of Smart and the addition of Porzingis is a big shot attempt difference. Smart's not a high shot attempt guy. Porzingis was. And Porzingis won't be the same as he was last season. But that means that Derek White, instead of being equal third in the options along with Smart, he's a very clear fourth. Very clear. And then when he plays alongside Malcolm Brogdon, they go Brogdon, White, Brown, Tatum, center, Porzingis. Well, he's fifth. Best shot blocking guard since John Wall. Really good defensively. Improved assists. I'm just not doing it at 63. And you, again, you'll find it strange to hear me say, don't draft Derek White at that spot. Now, and his ADP of 72, uh, that's whatever. That's totally reasonable. That's basically a full round difference though. And that's the, that's, that is the difference in it. So I just don't like Derek at 63. Love him overall. Think he's a really useful player. I'm just not going to be doing that. I'm just not going to be taking him around that area. It's just, it's too early. You know, there are so many interesting players. I've got Bradley Beal at that spot in drafts before. I would much rather grab Bradley Beal than Derek White at pick number 63. Duran is also pretty down on him as a ranking too. I also love Josh Giddy as a player. I'm also not willing to take him at 62. His ADP is 61. Giddy is going to get really strong rebound numbers, although that'll probably reduce now that Chet's there. He'll get pretty strong assist numbers. His usage is higher than you think. The next step for him is getting to the line more, and I think he'll do that. But the problem with that is, is that he's a bad free throw shooter. He took big steps forward last season. I really like Josh Giddy. But also, Mark Dagnott showed that if you're, you don't have it, we'll just bench you. And now he actually has a decent, maybe we'll see in the NBA, decent backup point guard in Vasily Micic. There's Jalen Williams. There's Shea. There's Chet. There's a bunch of blokes there. And while I do really, really like Josh Giddy as a player, and I think he can become a very good long-term player, I'm just not willing to do it in this spot. I just think it's too early with my assessment of things at the moment. That'll change as we get more information. I just don't like it there. Not enough threes, low defensive stats, bad free throws, good rebounds, which might go down, good assists, okay scoring. That's just too early at 62. I also think that Pascal Shaquem, ranked at 28, is is foolish. Now, I can go on and laugh and say, don't do this, you lose draft. Take him at 28, and that's that's dickhead stuff. That's ridiculous. Not only is Siakam in a situation where he's an unrestricted free agent, I don't know if they're going to trade him or not. There's a new coach in town. I think that team might be bad. But what's he bringing? Why? Not, not what's he bringing, because he is a good player. And I'm guessing that this rank is coming out based on, well, Fred Van Vliet's gone. Therefore, Siakam's going to be much better. He wasn't this good last season, and that is a big jump forward. 
Last season, if I have a look at... Uh, I keep calling him Shaquem, and it makes it sound like I don't know what, he, what his name is. He played 37 minutes a night. Is Darko Ryakovic going to play 37 a night? I would say probably not, right? No one's that insane apart from old Thomas Thibodeau. He averaged 24 and 8 with 6 assists. Really strong 6, six assists. Love those numbers. That might even go up. 0.9 steals, 0.5 blocks, 48 and 77. Okay. Totally reasonable sort of production numbers. But it's not worth a mid-second round, sorry, mid-third round pick. With also the uncertainty around how the new coach works, the minutes, a trade. It's there's just too many risk factors associated with it. I just have no no interest in him at that area. None. His ADP is not differing much from the rank. Let's just roll on with hating Toronto players because I've got three more of them coming up on this list. And it's not, again, it's not because I hate them. It's because I think they're ranked too high. Scotland Barnes is ranked at 51. There is every chance in the world that Scotty Barnes beats number 51. Every chance in the world. There is every chance in the world that Scotty Barnes is better than he was last season. But maybe he also isn't. Maybe he's not a good shooter ever, which was the problem at Florida State. It was the problem in year one. It was worse in year two. Maybe he cannot be the full-time point guard. So there he sort of sits and plays off ball a little bit and doesn't get the big assist bump. And while he's a good defender, he's a little overrated there and doesn't generate defensive stats. And that'll probably drop even further if he's paying more attention offensively as, as running as the point. I just think taking Barnes at this spot eliminates really any level of value that you can get out of him. Him at 70? Sure. 75? Not a problem. 51? Uh, absolutely not. I just don't want to do it. And the same goes for Christian James McCullum, who's ranked at 85 with an ADP of 85. I'm so sorry to tell you guys that if Zion and Ingram actually get to like 120 games, I don't think he's sniffing this. He's old, busted thumb last season, free throws continue to drop, or conti- let's rephrase, continue to be bad. He's not going to have the ball in his hands. He's usually just going to be down. Why would I do it there? I don't see any point in taking CJ at pick 85 or around that area. Yes, Ingram might miss a bunch of time. Yes, it's a pretty good bet to suggest that Zion might miss games. But that's where getting a bargain of CJ at 110 would be great because there's upside in it. But here, if they do play 60 games each, those other two, well, you've you've lost out a lot. Like He's just not even going to come close to that number. He was a guy that was really strong earlier in his career, but he's not that player anymore. Low steals and blocks, low field goals, low free throws. He'll hit some threes, but does he even get to 20 points a game? I don't know. Let's keep the Toronto... Toronto? I was going to say Toronto train. The Toronto hate train rolling because I've got Dennis Schroeder on this list. Now, I think Schroeder's got a chance to be a starter. And I actually love him in his ADP of 136. It's in flyer's own territory. But at 115... It meets my top 120 cutoff. I'm not taking him to be a starter on my fantasy team. He can't shoot. He's not going to have super high usage. He's going to get some assists, but Siakam and Barnes will still have some themselves. And even if he does start, is he 35 or is he a 31-minute guy? I just, at 130, love it. 115, let me do something different. I don't have too much to say about Schroeder. That's not terrible. 
We've got more Toronto hate coming, though, those of you in Canada, you and your country. I know you're watching because there's nothing else to do in Canada. So you must be watching this because what else are you going to do? So, yeah, just stay tuned. More, more coming. Clinker Pala, the Kerner. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. I don't know whether Onyeka Okongwu is going to beat out Clint Capella. In fact, I would doubt it. But I also do think that Capella's minutes are going to come down and Okongwu's are probably going to come up and he is at risk of a trade. Now, in saying all of that, if he is traded, I think he probably gets traded to a situation that's better than Atlanta. I'm not doing that at pick 71, though. I'm not doing it inside the end of round six. That's round six, yeah. I'm not taking him inside round six with the hope that maybe he gets traded. Again, one of those players who has limited values. Good rebounds, good blocks, good field goals. Although the blocks have come way down. Bad free throws, no threes, no assists, no steals, low points. And taking him in round six? Come on. Pick 100? Absolutely, go for it. Get those blocks late. There's so many centers that I would take ahead of him who are ranked in similar spots. Like Rudy Gobert, very clearly I would have ahead of uh, old Clint Capella. Uh, I believe Yucca Pertles ranked like a full round below him. Pretty silly. Dan Gafford, Mark Williams, Jalen Duran. I think I'd rather have all of those guys over Capella. DeJounte Murray. Bit of a disappointment last season. Predictable disappointment, but a disappointment. He's ranked at 30. He's an ADP of 32. And yes, his steals might go back to two a game. I wouldn't want to bank on it, but it is possible. But the fit next to Trey was not particularly strong. He's he's not look, he's not, don't get me wrong, it's not a bad pick to get him at like the start of round four. But pick 30, which is where that rank suggests, is smack bang the middle of round three. And there are just so many other guys I would run, want around that area than him. Assists can be useful, but we saw how far they dropped down last season, and I don't expect that they return unless Trey Young is gone. And that again. That's sort of what you're banking on. Am I drafting Capella in case he gets traded? Am I drafting McCullum at this point in case there's injuries? Am I picking Murray in case Trey's traded and Murray gets more assist opportunities? I just think that's bad process. So at ADP of 32, I'd be more inclined to look at him in round four than round three. Even if it was at like 48, 50, it's, that's nice. I like it. 30, no. No, thank you. And again, I told you, Toronto, don't feel left out. Gary Trent ranked 112th on Yahoo with an ADP of 102. This one's a little bit more towards what that ADP is. I don't like it. And I, I, I know what someone is saying already. They're screaming. Maybe they don't even have that much passion about me or Gary Trent to scream. But they're saying that, Josh, you told us last year that he was going to be a bust. And once again, he proved you wrong. Okay. Did he? Gary Trent last season played 32 minutes, 17 points, 2.5 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He got 1.6 deals. He shot 43 from the field, 84 from the line, two and a half threes. So he was an average scorer with putrid rebounds and assists, good steals, no blocks, solid threes, bad field goals, good free throws. An okay player. But when Jakob Pertl arrived, he played like 27 minutes a night. And if he's not getting steals, which might be a Nick Nurse system thing, and if he's not getting 32 minutes, he's, he's not a rosterable player. He's like a two-trick pony in steals and threes. And you need minutes to be able to get to that level. Like I said, we could look at his overall rank numbers. And I'm just going to do that now because there's going to be people who are arguing about the value that Gaz Trent provides. And 
Let's see. Gary Trent in a nine-cat ranking last season was 64th. 64th. Okay. Sure thing. Um, that means that he was better over the course of the season than Julius Randle, Jalen Williams, Tyler Hero. Um, who else? Alperen Shangun. Shipload Kevin Porter. Uh, 20 spots better than Scotty Barnes. 20 spots better than Derek White. Um, 25 spots better than Markel Fultz. A full 30 spots better than Ja Morant. This is on per game, by the way. Um, and, you know, we're building up to a big one here. Um, and, what is he, 64th? Yeah, 40 spots better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, yeah, that's a big no, yeah? He's not the 64th best player. He wasn't the 64th best player last season. And he came off the bench when Jakob Pertl arrived. Now, maybe he does start in Scotty Barnes as the point guard, but Schroeder is still going to be in that mix. Don't get me wrong. If you want steals and if you want threes, I think Trent is going to be fine. I just, I'm just don't want to do it at 100. Not interested in doing it there. Every year you hate DeMar DeRozan, Josh. You just hate him. Again, I don't. My issue with DeRozan from a real-life perspective, he can be a really good player, put up good numbers, but it's just so hard to build around him that it really limits the ceiling of your team. And I think I think we've seen that play out a lot. He's ranked 44th this season on Yahoo. He's got an ADP of 48. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not that much against it. I'm not totally looking at this as like, that is an f- absolute disaster. I want nothing to do with that. That's not what I'm thinking regarding him. But I do know that when you do look at things from a real head-to-head perspective, his projections and the minus one stuff drops him down quite a bit. Now, he can be very useful in bumping your free throws. He gets nice out-of-position assists for a forward. But I do think there might be, if not a changing of the guard, a meeting of the guard between usage with him and Levine, where they were basically the same last season. I think Levine might just scoot past somewhat. A little bit older, final year of his contract, small risk of a trade, small, but it's there. No threes, no defensive stats. At some point, these players, age 33, 34, breakdowns happen in their game. It's not a bad pick. It's not a dreadful pick. I'm just not going to do it. I just don't think the value of him in that spot of round four makes a lot of sense. Round five, okay. And that's that's that is picking nits a little bit, but it's that's yeah, that's where we're at. I love this guy as well, but I, I think we might be a little high on the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. 59th, that's round five, 62 ADP, and you can go out and chuck out the, the ranking numbers from last season and tell me that after the all-star break, as Obi just absolutely hundred percent agrees with me here on Jalen Williams, um, that after the all-star break, he was a top 30 player, I believe it was. I'm just going to actually look that up because that is always interesting data to know. And you'll tell me that, that he led the league in steals, which is honestly 100% correct. In fact, he was a top 25 guy in nine cat ranks post all-star per game. He averaged 19 points with five rebounds, four assists, 1.7 steals, 55 and 88. There are just a couple of things there where I'm just not certain about it. Does he maintain that usage? Chet's not a usage guy, but he'll get some shots. Does he maintain that steal rate if they've got Chet behind them where they don't have to play the ball that aggressively? Will he continue to shoot at 55 and 88 like literally one of the most efficient players in the NBA? Seems unlikely. And steals are a regression category. 
So while he was really good, I fear a little bit that he's he's also one of those guys that outside of steals is a little bit bland for fantasy, like just bland numbers across the board. Not not bland, like above average, solid, good, without spike numbers, without big category values, just okay. And, and that's totally that's totally okay. That's totally fine. But I'm not ready to be looking at him as a absolute rock solid locked in fifth round player. I'm not there with him at that spot to be that guy at this point when there are there are a few little unknowns. And also remember, when you do quote ranking numbers, remember what they are based on, as I said earlier. Remember how the values are calculated. And we just accept that that's real. That that must mean that he was 21st. When in reality, it's probably not true. Magaporta Jr., I just did the Nuggets season preview, did a big deep dive, put him under the lens and said, yeah, we're not taking him at 76. It's too high. Porter is an elite shooter, but there's not a huge amount else that's going with it. So at 100, yeah, love it. At 76, get out of here. Absolutely not interested in Porter at 76. I just, what's he going to start to do? Steals? Assists? What did he average? Like two combined assist steals and blocks last season. He's a good field goal guy. He's a good free throw player. Doesn't get to the line at all. Elite three-point shooter. Probably plays a few extra minutes. It's not enough to go to 76, though. Price of the brick going up. It looks like it has gone up somewhat because Russell Westbrook's at 110 with an ADP of 113. He will start for the Clippers. I don't really have any doubt about that. And it does appear that they're not going to be getting James Harden. But I also don't think that him starting means 35 minutes. We saw when they were healthy, which wasn't often, that he would start and he might play 28 some game and 33 in others. He's going to have real issues with both percentages. He's not going to have the same assists or rebound volume. It's still going to be there and it's going to impact other players. But he's not that guy that he was in Washington two years ago. For very specific teams, you can take him in round 10 and it would be okay. But that's not for everybody. And a rank of 110, I don't think really truly reflects the way we should be looking at Westbrook for this upcoming season. he Should he be like as a round, two rounds later? Maybe. I'm not fully on, in bo- uh, fully on board with that. I think we could all, in the matter of peace and treaties, accept that DeAndre Ayton at 52 is way too high. Do I even have to argue it? Fourth option on offense, doesn't block shots, never gets to the line, doesn't shoot threes. Maybe Frank Vogel does, Vogel does something, but we're not taking him at 52. Get out of here. 75, maybe. 52, no, we're not arguing this. Budrick Heald, big discrepancy here for uh, for old um, uh, Shavano. Buddy, no. could he do no. it? Could he do it? Is there anything the man can't do? Yeah, he can't be the 77th best player. His ADP is 77 on Yahoo. His rank is 93. Again, 95, 105, uh, absolutely cool. Is he even going to start? Doesn't appear so. And we saw towards the end of last season, he was playing like mid-20s in minutes instead of 34 minutes. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Doesn't do a huge amount else. So he's going to need 34 minutes, a lot of shots, 19 points, three and a half threes. Good efficiency. Doesn't get to the line. His passing was better, but Bruce Brown's there now too. Uh, 77's foolishness, I think. That's beginning of round eight. I'm just not doing it there. Three-point specialist in round eight. Nah, you can take that one. And then let's go to the last group of six blokes. I like Jabari Smith for this season. I'm okay with drafting him. And I actually think his rank at 107 is reasonable. But he's got an ADP of 93, which is pricing him out a little bit to me. At 105, sure. 110, maybe. 
I, I don't know what he's going to do, how much he's going to play, how Yudoka's going to use him. Hopefully, we get one play run for him. Can he get some defensive numbers back from where they were in college? Hopefully. Or will the shot just continue to be dreadful? 93 is too high. 107, 110, reasonable. It's not bad, though, at 93, let's be fair. I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws a little bit there. I'm, also, I'm not clutching the straws this one. I'm not taking Jan Russell at 94. I think he's going to start, but I don't know if he's going to close games. Gabe Vincent's there. LeBron, Reeves, Davis. Christian Wood's even going to take shots away from him. He might start and play 28 a night. Draft clock ticks over pick 120. Yeah, snag him every day. 115? Absolutely. 94? No. Brooke Lopez has an ADP of 58 and a rank of 67. Part of the reason that Lopez was able to be so good last season was A, Mike Budenholzer's scheme. Budenholzer turned him into an elite defender and the scheme enabled him to get a lot of blocks. B, he played way more minutes than he's played at any point in his career. And C, his usage went up because Chris Middleton was out. Can he at age 34, 34? Yeah, 34, maintain that level of minutes? Can the usage maintain even though Middleton's back? And can the defensive scheme hold up with Adrian Griffin in charge? And that's just too many questions. Now, he was obviously better than that 67 rank last season. But the year before, he was like 90th. Or actually, it was like 130th. And the year before that, he was like 80th, 90th. I just think it's a lot to put on a 34, 35-year-old big man who had a career season last season with a lot of factors that go against it happening this season. Again, this one's a little controversial, but Jalen Brunson's ranked at 35 with an ADP of 34, and I'm not really feeling it. This one is a little bit based on the way that my Durant metric changes the Z-score valuations, and it really doesn't like Brunson. Again, we understand rankings based on a system that we've been told about for so long, and we just accept them to be true. And I just want to throw it out there and go, well, maybe there's some elements that aren't. Not that it's not true, but they might mislead us a bit. Brunson had an unbelievable stretch shooting the ball. Second half, like 44% from three. He doesn't get steals or blocks. He gets pretty good rebound, uh, pretty good assist numbers, good scorer, highly efficient, but that 44% three-point shooting, he's never been that guy. That could come back down. And again, just some of the evaluations in the way that category league numbers are, are uh, tallied might overstate him somewhat. It's nothing wrong with getting him there, which is end of round three. I'd much rather go middle to end of round four and be very happy with it. But I think it's one of those ones that I'm just going to be a little bit cautious about. Am I cautious about Jonas Valanciunas? Jonas Vasilinovansas. No, I'm way more than cautious. There's no chance that I'm taking him at the ADP 97. Rank at 118? Go for it. That's round 10. His value will be fine if Zion misses. If Zion plays, he will be worse than this. They just don't want to play them together. Unless there is a change in heart from Willie Green, I guess which is possible, he's just not going to play them together. You're going to have Larry Nance out there instead. And Valanciunas doesn't get the shot attempts. He plays 21 minutes. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't shoot threes at enough volume to matter. He doesn't get assists. A 21-minute-a-night starting center inside the top 100 is something that you can absolutely keep. And I've got nothing to do with it. And the last one is again based, this one is purely based on the Durant metrics because when I go through and I have a look at my numbers for Walker Kessler and I go through and have a look at 
you know, my, my projection numbers, my minus one numbers, they all bring him out in this area. Round four, round 42, 43, that sort of area. His ADP is 42, his rank's 48. All that stuff comes out at about right for me. But when I look at Durant, which takes into consideration the blocks are a widely skewed number and field goal percentages a little bit as well, his two main categories, well, it drops him to about 80s. He will give you no assists, no steals, bad free throws, no threes, low points. He will give you great rebounds, great field goals, and he will lead the league in blocks probably. But is that enough to go mid-fourth round? When I could be getting... And again, if anyone wants to use the argument or you hear someone use the argument, he wins you blocks by himself, he does not. He categorically does not. You want to know how I know that? Because if I've got Jaron Jackson and Chet Holmgren on my team, will I beat your team? Done. He doesn't win blocks on his own. Nobody does. And with maybe 12 guys, maybe 16 players blocking two shots or 1.7 shots, it's a very different situation to where we were last season as well. So I like Kessler. I think he's got a little bit more in his game to bring. But it's one of those ones where the block numbers, the inflated stats, the peaks and valleys might make him seem a little bit better and it's not going to work for everybody. I hope that I did enough explanation in this show of talking about why I think there might be some valuation issues here. We're not going hyperbolic of don't draft this guy ever because as you've heard me say again, once we get down in the draft board, the values of these guys becomes a cloud. There's 30, 40 guys sometimes available who might be within a bee's dick of the other guy and makes more sense on your team. It's more about when you look at ranks and you're in a draft, you go, oh, that's definitely not a home run here. I don't think I want it. It doesn't make sense for everybody. It's a marginal amount of people that it makes sense for. That's what I'm trying to look at and look at situations where if there's too many questions of why it can go wrong versus questions of why it goes right, well, I'm not going to do it. And that's what I tried to address there. 24 different players, 24? 24 different players that I think at the moment are ranked a little bit high or has ADP that's too high over on Yahoo for Fantasy Basketball. Let me know how shit this was, what I did wrong, where I'm, who I missed. The other guy, another guy I could have put in there, two other guys I was debating. Johnny Collins, I reckon he might go a little high. He's pushing into the 90s now. And Shaden Sharp, who's at around 100. I'm a little worried they're going a bit high, but didn't include him. So ignore I said that. No, I don't, because I'm a little worried. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.